Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for NBA and PGA and NFL contests are launching in week one. That is right around the corner. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. We're talking depth charts and extensions galore on the eve of the 2020 NFL season on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. It is Wednesday, September 9th. It is the last day of this 2020 calendar year before the NFL season is underway. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, we've made it. We've done it. NFL season starts tomorrow. How you doing? I'm very excited. I am looking forward to getting some DFS lineups built, even for the single-game slate on Thursday. I want some Texans-Chiefs action on Thursday night. And looking forward to Sunday, of course, to building out those DFS lineups, seeing how these season-long teams we've put together over the last few weeks actually turn out. Hey, the last two times these two teams, or the last time, excuse me, these two teams got together, we had a a hell of a playoff game on our hands with the Texans jumping out to a huge lead right off the bat. The Chiefs, of course, working their way back methodically. It felt like they were never really in any actual danger of losing that game, even though they were down so big so early. We know how that game went. We know how the next two games went for the Chiefs in last year's playoffs as well. Maybe the Texans out to score a little bit of revenge, but it's going to be a fun game, certainly, uh, in Arrowhead Stadium when the Texans and Chiefs get together tomorrow night. We're going to start off with all the depth charts that are being released across uh, the National Football League. Of course, teams are careful to point out that these are generally unofficial depth charts. And even if you don't know that, you sort of know that by looking at what some of the teams have done. You see a lot of rookies buried on depth charts, as you do see every single year. You're going to look askance at some of those. When you see J.K. Dobbins listed fourth, For the Ravens, when you see Cam Akers listed third on the depth chart for the Rams, you get an idea of just the sort of games these teams play with these unofficial depth charts before week one. Is there anything, DVR, that you're taking away from these depth charts, from any of them, whether it be the the entire group? Is there one team that stood out or one player that stood out? Anything that you can take away from what you saw yesterday and uh, the last couple of days with depth chart reveals? I think you can look at where veteran players are and if they're a lot lower than expected. That's not good. I don't think rookies being buried means anything. It's just sort of an old NFL coach's thing to make the young guys earn it, make them show in games they belong higher on the unofficial depth chart the following <laughs> week. I think that's exactly what we're seeing with uh, with Dobbins. Uh, as you mentioned, I don't think you know Gus Edwards or Justice Hill are, are going to be a bigger part of the Ravens' plans than J.K. Dobbins. So uh, something like D.D. Westbrook being buried in that group of Jacksonville mm-hmm. receivers and and maybe just this Jacksonville coaching staff in general is being a little more forthright with what they intend to do. I mean, James Robinson's a rookie, but he's atop the depth chart at running back, and that was an open-ended sort of question once they let Leonard Fournette go. Um, so I think I'm looking for veterans who come in lower than expected. Even with that, there's still some quirks, like Mike Gesicki's the number two tight end for the Dolphins. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And uh, I agree with you with this Jacksonville team, right? The fact that they are willing to bury 
D.D. Westbrook right off the bat tells you exactly where this team stands uh, on the wide receivers uh, department, and that is that behind D.J. Chark, they are very willing to give some of these other guys a shot. We know that Chris Conley was going to be significantly involved. This has to be seen as some sort of good news for LaVisca Chenault. Of course, he's going to have to do it on the field for it to remain good news. But the fact that they are already willing to push D.D. Westbrook down, a guy who his team had high hopes for as recently as last year. So like the last couple of years, he was a guy who they thought could break out for them, and it just hasn't happened for him. So they seem to be a little bit more forthright. I agree with you on James Robinson. Of course, we talked about him quite a bit on yesterday's show. But the fact that they are willing to throw the rookie atop the depth chart in what is a very wide-open situation in Jacksonville tells you most likely how they look at him. So don't be worried if you're invested in Cam Akers, if you're invested in J.K. Dobbins, if you're invested in Mike Kosicki, if you're invested in any other uh, rookie or youngster, don't get too worried about where they stand on the depth chart. Antonio Gibson is another one appearing second on the depth chart behind J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick has never been a feature back in his NFL career. He is not suddenly going to be this year. So don't put too much weight, especially when you are talking about rookies, into what we have seen from these early unofficial depth charts. We also saw some extensions on Tuesday. DeAndre Hopkins and Kareem Hunt both got new extensions with their teams. Alvin Kamara very close to signing an extension. It's possible that he has officially put pen to paper by the time you are listening to this. Hopkins, we expected something like that to come. Alvin Kamara, a little bit of a sigh of relief, but again, we knew the team and the player were working toward this over the last couple of days. Kareem Hunt, a little bit of a surprise, and he got two years from the Browns. That suggests to me, DVR, I was a little bit concerned about him, but that suggests to me that they're feeling pretty good about what his role is for this team this year and into the future. Yeah, and if I'm doing the math right in my head, that would cover the Browns until they have to extend Nick Chubb. So they've got Chubb on the rookie deal. They've got Hunt with a reasonable extension. It means they're set at running back at a very affordable price. Two guys who are Pro Bowl caliber talents. It's not good news for Nick Chubb and Keeper in Dynasty Leagues, though, necessarily that Hunt's there now on a multi-year deal, right? If Hunt were going to leave at the end of 2020, Chubb could have had that entire backfield to himself next season. Now he might have to wait until 2022 for that to materialize. Yeah, and you know, I was uh, I was selling Kareem Hunt a little bit. I was just a little concerned about the fact that he didn't seem to be likely to get a ton of rushing work for this team. Obviously, he's going to have a role in the run game, but uh, you know, Nick Chubb is going to be the lead runner there, and I don't think this changes that. But the fact that the Browns are willing to commit to him before the start of the season for another two years, and it's not like they paid a pittance for him two years, thirteen million. So they basically paid market value, maybe even a little bit higher for uh, Kareem Hunt with uh, with where he is and his career right now the fact that they were willing to do that before the start of this season when they didn't really need to do it tells me that he is in a very good spot with this Cleveland team so maybe looking at a slightly larger share of the rushing pie than I personally was expecting coming into the season it is still fantasy football draft season I have my last draft it's actually an auction but same thing I've got my last one tonight so we can still say that fantasy football draft season is upon us and our partners at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football the lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of the ceramic blade and skin safe technology your nicks and snags will be reduced the lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com 
and use code THEATHLETIC20. We love talking about week one. We are so happy. It's very, very easy for us to talk about these things as we get excited for week one. It's a whole lot easier to talk about this than it is to talk about erectile dysfunction. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about erectile dysfunction with a real healthcare professional who can provide real medication. It is simple, it is safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com football15 and complete an online visit. Go to GetRoman.com football15 today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com football15. GetRoman.com football15. All right, Derek, a couple other things that we want to hit on before we wrap up this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Again, Thursday Night Football, first game of the season is tomorrow. And we've got some news for this Thursday Night Football game. Travis Kelsey returned to practice in full, so he is good to go for tomorrow night. Daryl Williams also practicing in full. Will be very interesting to see how Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy dole out the touches between Williams and the starter, Clyde Edwards-Lair. A lot of people investing a whole lot of fantasy hopes in Edwards-Lair, and with good reason. But Daryl Williams not suddenly going to go away. Just because what they do in week one is what they do in week one doesn't mean it's going to be something that carries through the entire season. But it will give us an early read as to how they plan to use these two running backs. So that is something you definitely want to keep an eye on. And if Daryl Williams is somehow still available in your league, go ahead and add him before this Thursday night game. He could be a very popular ad after Thursday night, depending on what happens. The news I want to talk about, Brandon Cooks has now missed two straight practices, Derek. We knew nothing about this quad injury before he missed Monday's practice. Then he missed Tuesday's practice. We got to really think that he is in question for this Thursday night opener. Is this as simple as if he plays for the Texans, he plays for you? Or are you worried no matter if he's out there? If he's active, I'm using him unless I've got really good wide receiver depth. I think the key here is waiting to see if he's able to practice on Wednesday. If we get word that he's a non-participant for the final practice of the week, then we have to start lowering those expectations. I think based on what we've seen so far, it's a caution light, but it's not a full-on red light making mm-hmm. adjustment situation just yet. Now, I wonder... If Brandon Cooks were to miss this game, who actually picks up the bulk of the target load in the Houston offense? Do you actually bump Randall Cobb further up in your rankings for this week? Or is Kenny Stills viable? I mean, I think with Cooks, I don't think any one player is going to absorb all of those targets. So maybe it brings two guys up to the flex line consideration. Yeah, I think Kenny Stills is obviously that one-for-one trade with Brandon Cooks. Similar skill sets. Cooks, obviously, the better player, but you would think Stills would step into that role. But he still is not quite the player Brandon Cooks is. I would think it would mean a couple more targets uh, on average for Will Fuller, maybe a couple of more for Randall Cobb. It wouldn't move the needle for me on Stills. It would potentially move the needle for me on Cobb. It would probably have to be a deep league, though, right? Because even in the deepest of leagues, if you've got Randall Cobb, he's your wide receiver five somewhere in there, even in a deep league, probably. So it would still have to be a pretty deep league where you already have Cobb and then a deep starting league to actually push him 
into your lineup. So I could see that happening. I don't think it happens for Stills, and you're right. We're definitely going to want to watch this on Wednesday. If, if Cooks practices even in a limited fashion on Wednesday, then I think we can feel pretty good about him playing on Thursday. If he's out again on Wednesday, then you do start to get a little bit concerned about his availability for Thursday night. Finally, our last story of the day here on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15 takes us over to Los Angeles where Sean McVay is talking about everyone's favorite thing in the fantasy football world, a three-back rotation. A couple of interesting quotes coming from Sean McVay on Tuesday. First, quote, that's a three-back rotation you feel really good about, talking, of course, about Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. And then, quote, Exactly how those carries will be distributed is something we'll determine really as the week progresses and as the game unfolds. Of course, the Rams, Sunday night football in week one against the Dallas Cowboys, shaping up to be one of the more exciting games of week one. To me, Derek, this feels like pure coach speak. I'm not really worried about it. If I've got Cam Akers, I still feel good about firing him up in this game. And you weren't starting Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown before this. I don't think you're suddenly starting either of them because you've heard this. Yeah, I don't know if it completely derails your plans to play Cam Akers in week one if that's what you're planning on the entire time. Three backs sharing this role would be bad, though. It would yes. really just <laughs> chip away at everybody's floor every week, and it obviously puts a pretty big cap on a ceiling for any player, too. If that's the case, if it's really a three-back sort of rotation and you project Akers to lead that three-back group in touches every week, he's probably more of a low-end RB2 steady flex play and I think yeah. the hope if you drafted him was that he'd be an easy RB2 with the possibility of turning into an RB1 if he was able to claim the entire backfield to himself sooner rather than later just given the quality of the Rams offense so it's frustrating but in a situation where I've got Cam Akers I'm not planning on sitting him depth charts be damned Sean McVay's <laughs> quotes be damned like I am going to play Cam Akers in yes. week one uh, and again, unless I'm loaded with alternatives, if you're playing in a really shallow league, maybe you don't have to expose yourself to that risk in this opener. But I think in most leagues, 12-plus teams, Cam Akers is starting this week. I say the same. I will say with full disclosure, I don't have him anywhere. Maybe that'll change tonight in uh, in that auction I referenced earlier. But I don't have him anywhere, so I won't be putting my money where my mouth is in terms of starting him because I can't start him anywhere. He's not in any of my teams. But I would advise people who did draft him, who did get him in an auction, you're still going to feel pretty comfortable about playing him this week. And it will be interesting to see. I still, you know, we'll see if Daryl Henderson is able to get out there for the Rams. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury for a couple of weeks. So I'm still sort of in believe it when I see it mode that they would push him out there for this week one game when frankly, they don't need to, right? They've got Cam Akers, they've got Malcolm Brown, they've got two backs that they feel good about. So it's not as though they need to force Henderson out there and he's a guy who dealt with injuries too last year. So I'll believe it when I see it. And frankly, I'll believe the three back rotation when I see it as well. I think that all three of these guys will have a role. So by the letter of what Sean McVay said, a three back rotation could be something that comes to fruition. However, will it be in the same way that scares us in the fantasy world? Or will it be Akers handling 65% of the touches, Henderson handling 30%, and Malcolm Brown mixing in there every now and again as a true rotational guy. I would still bet on that being the case, but 
We'll see. It is something we're going to have to keep an eye on. One of the more interesting teams, one of the more interesting backfields, we've come to know this Todd Gurley backfield for so many years in L.A. and really for the entire Sean McVay tenure in L.A. So it'll be interesting to see how the young coach adjusts now that he doesn't have that go-to, no doubt about it, workhorse running back. DVR, it's going to be interesting to see how you and I adjust to fantasy football in 15 in the regular season because tomorrow's episode will be the regular season. We will be back here with you all tomorrow. We hope that you join us as well. We're going to wrap things up on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Until tomorrow, until the start of the NFL season, thanks for listening and have a great day.